the following podcast is provided by Pinnacle Senior Placements, LLC, and Answers for Elders Radio. So welcome back to Answers for Elders Radio, and we are in our last segment, which hour has flown by with our wonderful Daphne Davis from Pinnacle Senior Placements. And Daphne, um, you've kind of been sharing with us a little bit about this hour, about different scenarios. And also, I think we haven't done a lot of talking ever really a lot about the whole piece of adult family homes and they really play a big part right now don't they in this whole process they absolutely do and and i you know to just disclose a big secret adult family homes are my favorite form of care they are by far Mm -hmm. my favorite and each scenario each story each situation we have to discover what form of care and housing works best for you But adult Mm -hmm. family homes really give an option in terms of having a lot of flexibility, Um, not just flexibility in care, but also flexibility in financing. Um, Right. Adult family homes will be the easiest to work with in terms of converting to Medicaid. Um, Many assisted living buildings and most memory care communities do not convert to Medicaid. And so now, you know, finances are on all of our minds. um, And so we have to be prudent with someone's estate. And as I like to say, we we need to maximize the buying power of each person's estate. Mm -hmm. So on that level, adult family homes have the most flexibility. But I'm also Mm -hmm. keenly aware after doing this job for 20 years, adult family homes can have a stigma to them. And Mm -hmm. by all means, there are bad apples in every apple cart every mm-hmm. single one. And there are definitely homes, just as there are communities that I would not recommend to some families, um, but, but there are wonderful homes. And it also, whether you need heavy care, that you think, oh, my, my loved one can only go to a nursing home, they also have the option of an adult family home. Everything mm-hmm. that a nursing home does, an adult family home does. Not every home does everything because they have the flexibility of choosing what kind of community they want to have. And that's a maximum of six people that live in an adult family home right now. Um, We have evolved into now being able to have eight uh, residents live in an adult family home. So that's coming uh, as an option Mm -hmm. very soon. But what you have is doctor oversight, RN oversight, 24-hour care, um, living in a community that feels just like a home, having the yes. flexibility of your own uh, bedroom. Probably 50% of the time you have your own bathroom. The other 50% you're sharing it. But you have the deck and the flowers and the backyard yeah. and maybe the horseshoe pit or go pick the apples, you know, when they're ready to go off the apple tree. Um, you have the living room the family room, dining room, kitchen, everything just like a regular house. And so it doesn't feel institutional. Um, There are some people that choose to go to adult family homes. They're still driving. There's a place to park your car. Um, It is such a viable option, but the key is finding the right fit. And I personally will be very bold to say it is almost impossible for a, a consumer to find the right fit. It's miraculous if you do, because there's about 3,500 adult family homes in the state of Washington. 
And that means there's 3,500 personalities of homes in the state of Washington. Right. right. And someone like me, our job is to help match up your wish list, your absolutely have to have list with the community in the adult family home. So I, I really implore you to open up your mind a little bit to consider adult family homes. They're highly regulated. Um, they mm-hmm. need all of the background checks, education um, that, that every community, large community needs. But what you have is if you're the son or daughter, you have the gift of truly being the son or daughter. You do mm-hmm. not have to be the care manager. Um, that is where you have a partnership with the provider or owner of the adult family home and with the caregivers that they truly are the ones that come to you and say, you know, I'm worried about mom having a UTI. She hasn't been drinking enough fluids lately. We've been really encouraging her. We've been giving her popsicles instead of water, you know, anything to get some fluid in her, but we'd like to have um, her checked for having a urinary tract infection. And you, the daughter or son says, I trust you. Let's get it done. Then the right. beauty is you don't have to take them anywhere. The doctor, the yeah. lab work comes to the adult family home. Yeah. Now, this is, a, is available in some large communities as well, but it is predominant in adult family homes. And truly mm-hmm. the concierge mm-hmm. health care is available there. I also want to talk about the adult family home in terms of the, the value for dementia care. And my experience tells me that very often the smaller the environment and the more consistent the caregivers are in knowing your loved one, the easier the care is for them. There's less surprises, less change, routine is there, have the flexibility of having one caregiver to three people or one caregiver to six people at night. Now think about that. One caregiver for three people does not happen in any large community. No, it not, does not, not one of them. Never. <laughs> um, it's usually about on a good day, 10 to 15 people for one caregiver. And that's even mm-hmm. with a very high level of care. So this is where the flexibility comes in. And I, during this time of COVID in the last, you know, four months now, we have looked to adult family homes very consistently. Um, because we can have the flexibility of figuring out what works best for a care plan. Think of it this way. The larger the institution, the more rules there has to be to maintain some order. The smaller the institution, the less rules we have to have that are rigid. So it's just just like thinking in your own family versus your kids going to school. Your kids have more rules at school because there's more kids. You know, at right. home there's less, right. less rules. There's more flexibility. And so if someone does have behaviors in a dementia mm-hmm. state, this is really a viable option to look at. It is. The one time that it's not a good option is if someone is very anxious and we haven't been able to figure out any medications and they're highly mm-hmm. exit-seeking, um, you know, just have too much energy in their body to, to know what to do with. That's when it's probably better to have a larger community because there's more to to occupy their brain or to direct them with. 
um, mm-hmm. just space-wise can be effective. So right. it's not a hard and fast rule, but it certainly is a viable option. Well, and I think that the other thing that I've noticed, too, with a lot of times with dementia, especially if somebody has been in their homes and used to a quieter lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. uh, going to an adult family home is not as a dramatic shift um, as, as being in a large community. Not that they don't do great jobs, and I'm not saying that, but a, a lot of times it's a better fit for your loved one to, to, do, to go that route. So certainly that's right. That's right. A consideration. Um, and this is going to be kind of gender specific, and it, and I apologize for that. But many times men do better in a an adult family home because there still is the ability to putter. I still can yeah. putter around. You know? mm-hmm. um, Very true. And that's what a lot of men do is putter around and right. let me just tinker well, with something. And they can go out to the living room and watch TV and they can go, you know, out to the backyard or whatever, where they don't have a tiny apartment. And I think that's the thing that I, uh, is, is an interesting dynamic, especially for men, like you said, that if they've had their shop or they've had, you know, a garage yes. or different things like that, those are things that are important to them. And I think sometimes get overlooked in those situations. So again, these are great opportunities to, um, you know, uh, to, to look at. And I don't think we've talked enough about it um, with you. So I am so glad that you've taken the time. And certainly adult family homes, like you said, especially in a financial situation um, consideration, there are many options in that realm. Yes. Yes, there are. I mean, the full spectrum is of care is very expensive. We all know yeah. this. Care is expensive. Yeah. But there are scenarios that, you know, I just had a, a woman that was with her son for 10 years and finally, you know, things weren't going to work anymore. She has a very easy mm-hmm. progression of dementia. Um, but her finances only dictated that, I mean, she'll never convert to Medicaid, but they dictate that she can only spend $3,800 a month on her care and housing. And we were mm-hmm. able to find that. You know, she'll never qualify for Medicaid, but this home said, yes, we want her to live with us and we can accommodate that. So don't Mm -hmm. give up, ask questions. And, you know, I am, I have met not a lot of adult family home owners, but I have met enough to know that they're in this work because of their passion and their love to serve our are, you know, are most vulnerable and they Absolutely. do an amazing job and I, their hearts are there uh, 500%. It's not just a job. It's a mission. It's a passion. It is. And I it think is. That that's it's a- really something to, to bring about for sure. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because this is their passion. It is their calling mm-hmm. and this, mm-hmm. this is their business. You know, the owners of the, of the home, it's their business. It's their reputation. It's their, their, their residents become their family and that passes right. down to the caregivers. There's an investment with the caregivers, not taking anything away from larger communities, please hear me, but there is a difference right. and you will feel the difference if you explore it. And I'd love to love to help you explore. And Daphne, how do we reach you? You reach me at 855-734-1500 or at pinnacleseniorplacements.com. 
And we are so glad that you are part of the Answers for Elders team because, you know, right now more than ever, our families need support. And you got you are here for them. And I encourage our listeners, please pick up the phone, call Daphne. She will help you. I don't care where you guys are in the journey. If you're just starting this, thinking about mom or dad or what do you want to do, this is a time to call her. Find out what your options are going to be in the future. And Daphne, thank you so much again for being a part of the, of our program. Um, we're so glad it's, you're it's here. It's my honor. Yeah, it's my honor. I, I'm very happy to be able to, to be a part of your listenership. And you all have been calling me. We are very busy, so don't get frustrated with, you know, reaching out to us. We will get to you. I, I, I am so committed. And Daphne and I want to wish each and every one of our dads a very happy Father's Day weekend. And um, happy Father's Day. We care about our dads. So until Absolutely. next week, everyone. Be good to each other. The preceding podcast was provided by Pinnacle Senior Placements, LLC, and Answers for Elders Radio. To contact Pinnacle Senior Placements, go to PinnacleSeniorPlacements.com. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.